We're joined now by Pat Nunley from the Baylor radio team. And, Pat, what a game Saturday. And, man, just how much fun was that atmosphere? Oh, it was unbelievable. I mean, I, I've been doing this a long time, and I can't remember a more electric atmosphere than we had on Saturday. Um, it was a sellout, and, in fact, I think officially that's the biggest um, turnout we've had at a Baylor basketball game in the history of the Ferrell Center. So it was great. And, you know, the cool thing, I think, Tom, is there was so much buildup for it. College game day in the Ferrell Center to start the day Saturday morning, followed by the women's game. And then we were the premier college basketball in the country Saturday night, and the Bears delivered. And I I just thought that was great. When you can do that on a national stage, when there's all that buildup, and to deliver the way they did – it, it at a number of different levels, it really impacts the program and Baylor's presence really across the country. It, it's clearly not how you start; it's how you finish. But that start was a little bumpy. And uh, what was your initial thoughts when I, I guess it was what sixteen to four, sixteen to six, something like that? Yeah, you know, honestly, Tom, I, I thought we were fine. Um, you know, you see a game like that occasionally, and we've been on the delivering end of that before, where one team just lands a couple of punches right out of the gate and the other team wobbles, but it happened so quickly and it was so early. I felt like particularly being at home with that crowd, they would be fine. It it wasn't going to be a blowout. There was no way. And uh, they're down 13 with five minutes to play in the half. And all they needed was a bucket and and a stop, just something to get them kickstarted. And they got that, went on a 12-2 run to finish the half, got it to one, and now the crowd is nuts. <laughs> and, it, and then it was a game, right? I mean, I felt like that's exactly where they needed to be by halftime. They were there, and, and then it was game on. Basketball is a game of runs, and how important is it that this team is able to overcome those type of runs and be able to weather the storm? Does that make them a better basketball team moving forward each and every time they do that? It, it does. It, it absolutely does. And if you think about Baylor, Kansas in Lawrence earlier this year, never had a run, never had an 8-0 run, never had a 12-2 run, just couldn't put one of those together. And, and you know, pretty much across the, the, um, the games that Baylor has played thus far, they've always put together a run. I mean, it is a game of runs for both teams. So, uh, yeah, I think that's really helpful. And, because of the injuries and the shakeup, and now you're trying to find some offensive chemistry, uh, it, it's been hard to do that because you're not exactly sure how those points are going to get created. I mean, we still have some, off, of course, have offensive firepower, but you got to play together. I mean, the hallmark of the team a year ago was how they shared the ball, and it was good shot, better shot, best shot, every game, every possession. And I, I'm hoping this team is starting to get that back. Pat, as a former player, can you kind of try to help us put into perspective how impressive it is to see a performance from a 19-year-old like Jeremy had on Saturday? Yeah, and you know what? I don't think he's 19. I think he's still 18. <laughs> it might be. He, yeah, I mean, when he and Kendall Brown showed up on campus last summer, uh, they were barely 18 years old. In fact, I'm not, I think they're, they both have birthdays in the summer. Anyway, they're young kids. I mean, they are kids. They don't look like kids physically, but they are. And so they're at a point now where they're playing like sophomores. And when those two guys start playing like sophomores, 
the upside is is off the charts. And I, I really think losing Chattua, losing Cryer, and we'll talk about maybe getting him back, um, those two guys have had to play well. And since that injury, they have both played exceptionally well. And that's one reason this, this team has won three in a row and just beat number five in the country. You you mentioned uh, Jeremy and, and, and Jonathan Chamachachua. How about the job of Flo Thamba? Stepping up, getting it done, staying in the game, not getting into foul trouble, and, and really eating up those minutes. And then, Pat, when, when they do take him out of the game and they go small – uh, and so hand moves to the five. They're they're equally of, as effective. I mean, this this is this has been amazing what this team has been able to do. It is amazing. And Tom, I agree with you. I think Flo Thamba is the key for for Baylor's success since Chatua has gone out. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at his last five games; he has been outstanding. He's had twelve. He had twelve points, uh, four block shots. 11 rebounds against Texas when they met earlier this season in Waco. He had um, 18 and nine. It was two of three at the line. Career high 18 against Kansas Saturday. And his minutes have increased dramatically. He played 33 minutes against Oklahoma State. So you're right. I mean, that, that is a big hole to fill because Chachua and Thamba had played that, that low post position kind of by committee. And now it's Thamba's deal. And, and you're right, when they go a little smaller, Sohan has been great, and he's a matchup nightmare. But for us to be effective, Thamba has to play really well. And to your point, he has to stay out of foul trouble. He is playing better basketball than he has played in his entire four-year career at Baylor. And you think about it, too, um, Thamba has won a Big 12 championship. Thamba has won a national championship. He gets it. He understands what it's going to take for this team to, to possibly win a Big 12 championship and then make a run in the NCAA tournament. More games to play, I know, and I understand that, including a big one tonight, but how important to this team is the Big 12 tournament? I think it's always really important. I, I do. I mean that. You know, Scott talks about uh, the, the segments of a year. You know, you've got pre-conference, you've got conference, you got Big 12 tournament, you got NCAA tournament. And and he views it that way. And he wants to win each of those four. And so the Big 12 tournament is a big deal. Even though if you look at it as as just an observer, a fan, uh, in the scheme of things, maybe not as important, but that's not the attitude of of the coaching staff. I mean, I don't know what they'll try to do with Cryer. I do know they'd like to have him available and ready if they can get him there by by NCAA tournament time. But they're, they're playing for ch- – yeah, that's the thing. When Scott came in, one of the very first things he said was, and this is 19 years ago, we will play for championships. And I remember the first championship they won, the Paradise Jam uh, in the Virgin Islands, he, he looked around and said, see what I'm talking about? I mean, like we're going – every – championship we have a chance to win we're going to win it and that's been a pretty good um, approach in light of what happened last year pat when you look ahead to tonight's matchup 
the Horns are, you know, they're going to come out with a lot of energy and intensity with it being the last game there at Frank Irwin. They're 4-1 and one in games decided by three points or less. Can Baylor afford to make this be a close game? Yes, I think they can. I, I think the recipe is really what Baylor's been doing since Chetua went out, which was the first Texas game, and that is get, get to the lane. I mean, our guards have got to get to the lane, Akinjo, Flagler, Bonner, whoever, because when you get to the lane, you can also get to the free throw line. And against Texas in the first meeting, Baylor shot 29 free throws. Against Kansas on Saturday, they shot, they shot 26 free throws. Against Texas earlier, they made two threes, and that was it. And so threes – they're not settling for threes. They're not taking long threes early in a possession. And the threes they're getting are from the inside out, not from the outside in. So, so the, I think the key to the whole thing is be really aggressive offensively. And Akinjo is the key there. Get it in the lane and either finish at the rim or, or go to the free throw line and make free throws. you got to put pressure on tonight in particular Texas and then you got to make free throws. And I think from Thomas' perspective, back to Flo, um, he's really in his career struggled to finish at the rim, uh, either by getting uh, an offensive rebound and put back, or taking a, you know a pass from Akinjo and laying it in, or making free throws. He has been elite at that over the last five games. And when he finishes, we are hard to guard. Hey Pat, uh, Scott talked a little bit about it on the post game. Uh, is this league, in your opinion, deserving of two number ones? I think so. But, but again, my lens is the Big 12. That's all I see. I mean, I watch games around the country, but, I mean, we live in the Big 12. And, you know, we've seen Auburn. Now, we saw Auburn really early. We've seen some other really good teams. And, and Kansas, in my mind, is as good as anybody. And if we make a run here, I mean, right now, I think as it stands, and this is all uh, bracketology, we're the, we're the five seed in the tournament, which makes us the first two seed, which would have us play, by the way, in Fort Worth when the tournament gets started. Um, so if we make a run, and, and I think we can, I really do, I think we'll win tonight, then I do believe the league would deserve two number one seeds. I mean, the, the body of work for both of those teams is outstanding. Coming into the game Saturday, Baylor and Texas, I'm sorry, Baylor and Kansas had the most quadrant one wins of any other team in the country. They each had 10. Baylor now has 11. That leads the country. So pretty good resume to lobby for a number one seed. Pat, is there any in particular memory or moment that stands out to you regarding the Frank Irwin Center? Yeah, and it, and it is selfishly, I guess, the, the very first game I played there. <laughs> because my freshman year was the first year that the Frank Irwin Center was open. And, you know, you go down there and they, you know, they refer to it as the drum. And I, you know, I'm a kid from high school, and I walk into that place and go, my gosh, this is the Taj Mahal. And they were good, man. They had Jim Krivax. They had Ovi Dotson. They had Ron Baxter. They were darn good. In fact, they won the NIT that year when the NIT, when the NCAA tournament only took 32 teams. So they, they were great. But, yeah, that, that was it for me. I was wide-eyed and, you know, shaking like a leaf. But 
that's it for me. And then it's, it's kind of interesting. Was there to open it. I'll be there tonight to close it. Pretty awesome. How cool is that? Yeah. How cool is it's that? Cool. Hey, Pat, it's thanks, cool. man. I, we, we appreciate your time and, and uh, enjoy the call tonight. In, enjoy the, the, the whole – I think it's going to be a cool event tonight, uh, shutting that thing down from the, uh, from the men's perspective. Enjoy it. Have fun and, and go get a W. Thanks, guys. Enjoy it. Talk to you soon. That's Pat Nunley.